Hello good people, I hope you're doing fine, I hope you're doing great. You are listening to the Iron Kenya podcast, an original podcast for the Interregion Economic Network, Iron Kenya. My name is Hilary Anakea, Anakea, and I'm glad you could join us for yet another episode of the Iron Kenya podcast. Now, for the past two, three weeks, we've been talking about entrepreneurship and employment. And I've received uh, uh, some interesting feedback from uh, some of you. And one of the feedback was that we've been focusing on entrepreneurship and employment. What if we try and change gears, switch gears to entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship? Entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship. So these are two words that almost sound the same but are very different words. Entrepreneurship with an E, intrapreneurship with an I. And uh, I said, okay, why not? Because you know, you give me directions, you my bosses. So in that spirit, I asked a friend of mine, uh, he's called Anthony, and let him introduce himself, to come on board to help us dissect uh, this subject. So to be, to be on the right path, we decided that this time around, we'll talk about entrepreneurship. Then maybe next time, we can uh, you know, dive into entrepreneurship. But I feel like entrepreneurship has been overdone. Virtually everybody talks about entrepreneurship. What is this entrepreneurship all about? Okay, so without further ado, I want to introduce Anthony first. He can tell us his name, his full name, what he does, and then we can carry on. So, Anthony. Hello, hello, guys. My name is Anthony Mushiri, and I am a student at Riyadh University. I'm actually the School of Business representative, as well as the Hulse Prize Campus Director year 2021-2022. Um, thank you for inviting me, Hilary. Quite uh, uh, interesting uh, titles right there. From a young, <laughs> a young man still in campus, uh, quite impressive. So, Anthony is here to help us talk about entrepreneurship. I don't know if you've heard about entrepreneurship. I know you've heard about entrepreneurship, but what about entrepreneurship? Do you know what it is? So, in that spirit, I want us to jump into the business of the day. To begin with, I think the best way to start is for us to break it down. What is the difference between entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship? Two different words, but mean almost the same. So, Anthony, maybe from your point of view, tell me what you think. What is the difference between these two words? Yeah, as you say, there are two different words, but there are two different words exactly, but they are almost similar. Because if you take a look at an entrepreneur is somebody who actually looks for a business opportunity and takes the full responsibility and the risks, as well as financial risks, as well as environmental risks to go and actually actualize the thing. Entrepreneurship is more or less of an entrepreneurship, but in a different context. An entrepreneurship is somebody who's an employee of a company. So an entrepreneur is somebody in a company and given full resources by the company to come up with products pertaining to the direction or the perspective of the company. Okay, so from uh, what you're saying, if I'm getting you right, an entrepreneur takes the risk yes. to start, you know, to, he has a concept, puts yes. it into place, executes it uh, with the aim of, you know, uh, gaining uh, financial rewards and other types of rewards. True. But an entrepreneur is more of an employee who works in the organization. Yes. And is uh, tasked with uh, innovating within the boundaries of the, uh, of the organization. True. So one of them is, Independent, the other one is employed. The other one is employed. So, independence and uh, dependence. Yeah. Okay, all right. And uh, does it really mean that 
and this is I don't know if you this is impromptu just came up to my mind from your point of view. Do you really think that uh, these people are more or less the same? Apart from the, do, do they do the same job? They actually do the same job because when you take a look at the entrepreneurial characteristics and entrepreneurial characteristics, okay. they are almost the same. But as you say, the entrepreneur is actually within a boundary of a company. So if, for example, a company has a different direction, let me give you an example of an entrepreneur. Yeah. When you take a look at um, Sony, how did the PlayStation come through? Okay. PlayStation is something very famous. It's a product that has sold millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of merchandise. So when you take a look at how the PlayStation came through, it was from an employee of Sony who took her daughter's Nintendo and tried to make it powerful. So that employee was given the, the leeway or the power to come up with something that will benefit the company. If you take a look, uh, Sony is a technology company. Mm-hmm. Nintendo brought out their uh, machine before even Sony. Yes. And when Sony gave this employee the freedom, mm-hmm. the space, the innovative space to innovate, that's why he came up with Sony PlayStation. You mm-hmm. see, if you, if you take a look at Google also, Mm-hmm. Google say uh, they usually have this term called I don't know twenty minutes something, okay. where the employees are given chance and spaces to innovate. Mm-hmm. If you take a look at Gmail, Gmail actually was an innovation by an employee in Google. Okay. So entrepreneurship is actually more of a culture as well. Mm-hmm. When you when the company has an entrepreneur or an innovative culture in the company yeah. within itself. It gives the employee the freedom and leeway of coming up with products which are more beneficial to the company. Okay. So, and uh, when you're just talking about Sony, I remembered the example of uh, entrepreneurship at Sony. Yeah. Uh, the guy who invented the PlayStation. Is it invented or came up with the PlayStation? Came up with the PlayStation. The PlayStation is yeah. called Ken Kutaragi. Yeah. A very brilliant guy. Yeah. He works at Sony. So he was an employee of Sony. He was Sony. an employee of Sony. A junior engineer. Yeah, exactly. And he came up with the PlayStation. Yeah. So that is an example of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, yeah. Okay. Because Sony was started by somebody else. Yeah. Him as an entrepreneur came up with a PlayStation, which has come up to be very famous. So quite famous. Quite famous product, which has made millions, not even, if not billions yeah. of dollars. And so... That shows that there is almost some resemblance between these two, but not quite. Not quite. Okay. And then you know, as a university student, yeah, uh, I don't know which year are you in. When when are you? I'm in my fourth year. Fourth I'm year. Supposed to graduate next year. Supposed to graduate next year. You're getting into the job market. True. Are you? What's your feeling about it? Are you scared? Are you ready to face what is outside? <laughs> I'm quite. I'm not scared because um, I've already known my my direction to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. I'm actually an entrepreneur right now. Okay. Um, I have a company uh, which I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay. two of it. Two of it. Um, one is um, called Culture Couture. Mm-hmm. Culture Couture Africa is a lifestyle brand, okay. which um, right now I'm still working on it. I'm still in the foundations of it. And the other one is um, called um, Environmental Exchange, mm-hmm. where I'm trying to eradicate plastic okay. through automatic automating the process of collecting plastics. Okay. I know this. I think that answers my question because my question was: yeah. You're almost done in school. You're yeah. supposed to go there, decide whether you're going the entrepreneurship path or yeah. the entrepreneurship path. So, is it safe to say that you've decided that you'll be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, 
enter, uh, when you become an entrepreneur, is actually you have a it's a culture that has been bred within you. Mm-hmm. So you are in an entrepreneurial environment, okay? Because um, I did not start um, being an entrepreneur just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. It's something that took process, took progress, and as well as the characteristics that I have okay. made me go to that direction. Because mm-hmm. um, being an entrepreneur is not something bad, but you have to be employed first. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be in a company context where you'll have to take some time mm-hmm. before you even become an entrepreneur in that company. Okay. Because there's a company culture which you have to navigate through. When you navigate through that culture, mm-hmm. and it actually takes time to be an entrepreneur because you have to be in one of the top levels. Mm-hmm. When you're a junior, yes, you can, but you have to have that special thing, special idea, special mm-hmm. solution, or special pro- uh, product okay. that the top level bosses mm-hmm will be willing and ready to see and see like this is something that is workable and give you time, space, resources, money mm-hmm. to develop it. Okay. As an entrepreneur, all these things, you have to find them yourselves. Mm-hmm. You have to take all the risks. You have to know where you're going to get the money. Will the customers uh, respond to it? Okay. And that's where the difference is coming. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur develops a product for a ready market, which is there, yeah. which the company has already developed. Mm-hmm. So, when you are striving to be an entrepreneur, you have to be like a person who's an employee, like you want to be hired. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you find intra- intrapreneurs yes. become entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. they've already known how to navigate all, real, all through this murky waters. The of the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when they transition to being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. it becomes more easier for them mm-hmm. to navigate some of the factors which... um entrepreneurs who start from scratch face. For example, if you take a look at startups, yes. startups in Kenya, startups in Africa basically have been one of the driving force of businesses or economic growth in Africa. Mm-hmm. And from the... I just read a business insider a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and Kenya, South Africa, Kenya, Tunisia, Nigeria are one of the biggest countries or one of the biggest drivers of startups in Kenya. Mm-hmm. In Africa, I mean. So you find that there is an entrepreneurial culture being bred in Kenya, in Africa, I mean. And these people, you, most of them you find they have been in the, uh, in the job market, they have been there, they have been employed before. Okay. And they've seen the space where they can transition and become and try to find a solution okay. to some of the problems in which their companies cannot pick up. Because that's not the direction that their company is taking. And that's one of the difficult things that an entrepreneur may face within a company to push his or her idea, which might not necessarily be the direction of the company in which they're serving. Okay. So is that your motivation for venturing into entrepreneurship? Okay, two questions. Yeah. Question one, being an entrepreneur needs financing. True. And uh, it's it's a murky murky waters venturing into murky waters without financing with very little uh, experience. Okay, with regard to financing, yeah. What what's what's your what's your your check? How do you intend to you know raise funds because you're, you're supposed you know money is needed to be able to run the day to day activities of your organization or your business. Have you thought about it on how this is just uh, by the way before we come back to the business of the day? Yeah. You know, just kidogo. Okay. Have you thought about it? Is it something that scares you sometimes? Because, okay, people have ideas. Yeah. They have very brilliant ideas, but they say, okay, I don't have the money. 
I don't have the finances to be able to actualize this idea. But you're very optimistic about your idea, the solution. <laughs> so why, why, why is it that you have some financing somewhere? Maybe we never know. Maybe you can tell us about it. No, it's not about having financing somewhere. It's about the basics one one of financing your idea or project. Okay. The first thing is family, friends, and people who are close to you. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, you won't find like they have that level of money, level of capital. Yes. We call it startup capital mm-hmm. to push you to that level of having a MVP, yeah. a viable product. Okay, you get me. Yeah. So one thing that people do is get into venture capitalism. Mm-hmm. You go to these people, um, angel investors, because mm-hmm. first thing as an entrepreneur, you have to have faith, believe in your solution, and believe that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing, like, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have confidence, first of all. Because mm-hmm. when you go to, like, an angel investor, a venture capitalist, you have to have that confidence, mm-hmm. speak to them with the confidence, because yeah. they don't invest on ideas sometimes. Mm-hmm. They invest on the person. If they see the person has the passion, mm-hmm. has the drive, mm-hmm. and the person is willing and ready to do whatever it takes for that solution to be out there, okay. the investor will invest in you. Because... Almost all the solutions that people think right now, they're already out there, Mm -hmm. is just tweaking it a little bit and making it different for the people to accept it. Okay. So when it comes to financing, you have to be ready to tarmac. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready to get a lot of no's. You have to be ready for a lot of doors to be shut on you and never give up, never give up. That's why investors invest on the person and most of the time not the idea. Okay. So you're ready to tarmac. <laughs> you'll be ready to tarmac, man. You like <laughs> you'll okay. change a lot of shoes. <laughs> and then uh come to think of it, question number two. I said two questions. Yeah. You from your sentiments, you just reminded me uh last during the NACT's National Expo, yeah. I talked to I talked to an interesting guy, interesting interesting guy. I don't know if you listened to that podcast, and uh, he was saying that uh when you leave, when you, for example, when you leave school, there are no jobs waiting for you. Sure. There are no entrepreneurial uh, opportunities waiting for you. Sure. But he was advising people that, you know, what you need to do, get into the employment path, learn the corporate culture, you know, uh, learn how things are being done. People relations, how do you relate to people? You know, from simple interactions in the office, how do you talk to, for example, my colleague Evelyn over there? Yeah. How do you talk to you about, you know, corporate? And then after that, after you've acquired this corporate culture and probably sell a few coins here and there, you can now venture into entrepreneurship, pursue your own uh, activities. And you had mentioned that in a bit when you're saying most entrepreneurs started as entrepreneurs, right? True. Okay, yeah. That was just, uh, and then, so, um, has it ever crossed your mind that maybe you should try intra- doing the entrepreneurial path first? Yes. <laughs> the entrepreneurial path is, for me, what I say, it's a law of chances mm-hmm. at this particular moment. Because we have a lot of people out there than the jobs which are out there as well. Yeah, you okay. get yes, yes. So, when you get the opportunity and get hired, mm-hmm. you should take it fully. Because mm-hmm. that's where you make connections. Okay. That's where you make you meet different type of people, different caliber of people. Mm-hmm. You know how to talk and network with people. They usually say um, your your networks are your net worth. Yeah. Even if you're employed, your networks are your net worth. Because 
when you decide to switch the same same people that you have been in contact with the same same people that you have been talking to okay. year in year out while you're serving the company are the same people who are going to be your clients okay. your customers okay. when you switch so when you get the opportunity of becoming of getting into the job market mm-hmm. and probably the company that you're in is fostering entrepreneurial culture because not not every company yeah, yeah. does that mm-hmm. you get me yes so it will depend like personally i find being employed is like being a robot because you do the same thing day in day out yeah. and if you find yourself in such a situation and get to know that there's another company that is fostering entrepreneurship for example like safaricom safaricom if i'm not wrong they have a think tank where they hire people who just sit try to find solutions brainstorm and come brainstorm and come up with apps like the impressa app yeah you get me to make life easier for the clients those are the type of companies that you'll find a lot of people applying to applying to applying to and trying to get into so it will depend with where you fall and it will depend with how the company is fostering entrepreneurship within its facilities okay now that's enough of that let us now jump back into what we intended to talk about today so yeah, it's good to get a little bit of knowledge true, true, true. so <laughs> So even though you know these days in high school and even uh, you know in campus when you attend uh, seminars and you talk to entrepreneurs or successful people let me not call them entrepreneurs yeah. they say that entrepreneurship with an e <laughs> is the way to go true you know if you want to be successful you should venture into entrepreneurship yeah so you know my question is but my con- I have a concern really that's why i wanted us to focus on entrepreneurship you know everybody says that the best way to go is entrepreneurship what about entrepreneurship because there are people who have gone the entrepreneurship uh, path and they've become successful like ken putaragi who came up with the playstation yeah. so my question is from your point of view what is the value of entrepreneurship you know the value of entrepreneurship from your point of view at least maybe from my point of view the value of entrepreneurship is actually building the company that is that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is you'll find entrepreneurship hiring entrepreneurship to push their agendas. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship with an e mm-hmm. way because okay. entrepreneurship gives you the same mm-hmm. the same if not more than being an entrepreneurship because you get to focus you get to focus on something mm-hmm. you get to focus on the company's objectives and agenda mm-hmm. and as well you you are given the resources just imagine you have everything on the table you have all the marketing you have all the finances your work is to just sit down actualize and come up with something workable mm-hmm. for a ready market so we can say okay so points number 1 resources resources are there resources which are not which is not the case with most entrepreneurs who are just starting out so you're just starting out so you it's like your path has been smoothed out mm-hmm. your path has been smoothed out your work is just come up with a solution undergo the 
processes of validating that solution mm-hmm. so that the solution can be rolled out to the market. Okay. And I'm thinking, um, when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're using this experience to come up with uh, innovations to be able to, within the confines of the organization, come up with projects that, you know, make the organization better yeah. and help the organization achieve its overall objective. Yeah. And I think, from my point of view, the biggest value of entrepreneurship, apart from the resources that come with it, yeah. you know, is that you get an experience, hands-on experience, yeah. so that one at one point when you decide, okay, I need to venture into my own, uh, you know, uh, activities, you know, whatever you have in going on, like yeah. you have your, your thing going on, yeah. you have the experience, you know, from this organization, you can be able to run your organization based on just this experience. And, uh, yeah, and I always tell young chaps, I mean, come on, it's, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it really doesn't hurt. Just <laughs> it really do. doesn't hurt because um, you get the, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you're actually surrounded with people mm-hmm. with vast experience. Yes. People who have seen problems, pitfalls mm-hmm. that most entrepreneur falls into. Yeah, when they start out. When they start out. Things which you can avoid and things that can cost you money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. So as an entrepreneur, it comes up, it comes with an advantage. Okay. Because you've been there. Yeah. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I find that most entrepreneurs are really successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's my point, actually. Yes. Okay. And then, um, your friends are listening. I'm sure they'll be listening. You know, young, Chaps went uh, third year, second year, and they're also worried. You know, at least they, they watch the news these days, and it's all over social media that, hey, well, jobs are tricky. Jobs are when, tricky. When you're done in school, <laughs> you have to find a way of yeah. staying afloat. Because as a man, when you're done in school, you know, your parents take a step back and tell you, okay, now you are a man. You need to fend for yourself. True, true. What do you do? And uh, a friend of mine, and this is a sad story. Uh, did uh, took graphics, uh, graphics communication yeah. in campus. Yeah. Then he comes out and it very prestigious in campus. Everybody was talking about it. Mm. What do you do? Graphics, graphics. And then there are no jobs. And so he says, okay, puts the papers away and enrolls at KMTC, Kenya Medical Training College. Mm. That's one hell of a Yeah, so this just shows the situation on the ground. Yeah. And so this leads to my next question. Entrepreneurship is moving. Of employment, being employed, being employed. Yeah. So we are talking about it, saying it has these benefits and these benefits. Should we encourage young people to strive and really strive to to get into entrepreneurship? Should we? Because okay, you, you from your point of view, you are going the entrepreneurship. Yeah, going that way. <laughs> but then I'm sure you can still say a thing or two about uh, whatever I'm talking about. Do you think we should tell young people? Okay, you know. Just don't uh, give up yet. You can still uh, make it through this channel. It actually depends. It really depends on the environment. Because what you're actually told when you go to to college is Mm -hmm. study very hard, Mm -hmm. get A's so that you can be employed. Mm -hmm. There was a certain story, was it two years ago in 2019? There was a certain individual who pushes a cut. Mm -hmm. But that person had straight A's in actual science. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, okay, I think I know your story. You've yeah. heard the story. Yeah. That person had straight A's in actual science. Mm-hmm. That is a type of individual who in our society is taken as a role model mm-hmm. and a person who's expected to be the first person in line yeah. to get the job. Mm-hmm. But that person has been tarmacking, hasn't been getting the job mm-hmm. year in, year out. Okay. Why is it? It depends with the environment as well. If the environment doesn't encourage being employed so that you can be an entrepreneur, and mind you, you have to go to a company that encourages an entrepreneur culture within itself, you won't be able to be an entrepreneur. You'll just be a normal employee. So environment, is it that whatever people are saying outside, uh, the kind of environment that uh, has been created, that downplays employment, is it what you're trying to say? What I'm saying is the reality that we have in Kenya. Mm-hmm. People are not getting employed no matter how good a grade you get. Yeah. And that's really difficult. And that gives these people stress. Mm-hmm. That's why you find our youths today, they're really stressed. Mm-hmm. They end up doing funny, funny things. And yet they are quite outstanding people who have good, good degrees, who have done prestigious courses that we know in our country. But they're not being employed. For you to be an entrepreneur, you have to be in employment first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I think the best way. There are no jobs here. Yes. There's no way to just get into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Maybe start at the low levels. Start as an intern because we graduate at very young ages. People graduate at 20 years, 22 years. But if you compare with other graduates across the world, mm-hmm. with within 20, when somebody is like 22, mm-hmm. he's already had a job. Yeah, he already has experience. Mm-hmm. If you bring that person here in Africa, mm-hmm. he'll actually displace a lot of people who are in their thirties and have been in business in a in a company mm-hmm. for more than ten years. Okay, because it's actually the level of exposure mm-hmm. and how the country or the economy perceives their youth. Mm-hmm. And so th- this shows that it's a systemic problem. Exactly, really. we can't we can't really blame young people. These people who have gone to school very bright people. Recently you saw this story of uh, Kenyan people who do assignments for students in the US. Exactly. And this is somebody who is in second year and is doing a master's degree for somebody in the US. <laughs> Meaning we are very brilliant minds. We are very brilliant. But then it's a, I think it's a systemic problem really. We can't really blame, blame it entirely on the, you know, the young people yeah. There's also the, the government, you know, the systems that have been put in place to take care of the needs of these people. These things should be started from the higher learning institutions, mm-hmm. especially the colleges and the universities. Because okay. when you find like, for example, let's take example from where I'm from, the university. Right now, we have something called IU ITEC. IU? Rare University ITEC. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is an in- yeah. yeah, this mm-hmm. is an initiative from the computer science people mm-hmm. to innovate through technology. Business school, mm-hmm. where I'm a representative at. Yes. Recently, like recently, like this semester ago, mm-hmm. we've just developed like Rare University Innovation and Incubation Club, mm-hmm. where we're trying to train these people to be entrepreneurs. Like you just don't sit on an idea. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know that idea can be a multi-million idea tomorrow or in the near future. Mm-hmm. So 
it has to start from higher level institutions, higher learning institutions, I mean, mm-hmm. where these people, because we have professors, people who have been in the industry, people who have vast experience, mm-hmm. people who can sit down, train these students as well as they're earning their degree. Mm-hmm. So you can find like from 2020, you find people who have been employed, but they're still doing side hustles. Mm-hmm. There was a statistics done like for last year. Mm-hmm. You find a lot of employed people are hustling on the side, on the side, and they're earning money on the side. And you find some of them leaving the jobs to be able to pursue whatever they've been doing on the side. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it has to start from the grassroots, from the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Before you even earn your degree, okay, you have to be given that training, because a normal degree takes four years, right? Mm-hmm. Within those four years, that's, that, that's like a job experience for four years when you're undertaking through trading, mm-hmm. pitching, um, promoting a product, marketing, these small, small things that we're taking for granted. So we need to nurture yeah, from the grassroots. So who is supposed to be this nurturing? Is it the universities or is it other organizations that are, uh, you know, like Iron Kenya, for example, is wants to in, uh, empower young people through innovation, through technology. So is it, should, is it a collective issue? I think it should be more of a collective effort from maybe the school, uh, other organizations that are uh, interested in uplifting uh, this youth. Maybe the government as well at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it should be a, an all-round thing. Mm-hmm. For example, Iron Kenya, partnering a certain university. Mm-hmm. And then uh, come to think of it, uh, not just Kenya, it's all over Africa. Yeah. You go to Nigeria, the unemployment rate is very high. It's very, very high. Yeah. So let's break it down. So yeah. number number one, we've said, okay, um, nurturing these people from the word go. Yeah. And this can be done through uh, coming up, the university, you know, putting in place programs or clubs that are able to give people background information on how to go about the you know, how to, to undertake uh, yeah, day-to-day activities and still, you know, do maybe a hustle on the side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely because you just don't sit there, like, for four years mm-hmm. and you're just, you're trekking from home, school, home, school. It's not like in high school where you're enclosed in a certain compound in an environment. So during this, from home to school, you need to learn something in between. In between, you have to you have to go somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. You have to do something in between to develop your career and develop yourself as a person. So that when you graduate, you are at a better place than somebody who's just going to class every day. And... Exactly, because as I say, you find somebody who has straight A's, but his work was just studying. Mm-hmm. His work was just bookwarming. But there's somebody who will come up out of the university with a B plus. Mm-hmm. Or a B, but he has been doing a lot of activities in between, and that's why sometimes you find these higher achievers being left out because of these other people who have been participating in extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. to personally develop themselves and develop their careers, and that's where the difference comes in. And then these in these in betweens also means organizations like you know like an active Kenya. And uh, I am a victim of this. I learned about an actor in Kenya when I think I was in third year. <laughs> and I'm guilty about that. Okay. And I'm thinking if I learned about it early enough, probably in first year, yeah. I would have benefited more from the same. 
because I see the kind of opportunities that young chaps are given, you know, uh, financing, uh, advice from uh, experienced uh, quarters, yeah. you know. So, number one, we are saying, okay, you're in campus, yes, you have assignments to do, yes, yes. but then you can always spare a few hours to talk to a few other, you know, to, to, to sit together as a group. As an actors, we are a university. We have come up with a project, you know, to solve a problem. You know, it might not be uh, the best, but during the process, you learn. Yeah, you're building. You're continue building. You're putting something more on top, on top, on top. And that is uh, from the student's point of view. Yeah. Let's talk about from organizational point of view. The universities. Yeah. Are they doing enough? Mm, they're actually doing that because. That's why they usually have uh, alumni programs. The alumni programs are programs which are used to, because you cannot have a hundred percent people who have graduated, they get the jobs immediately. That's why you're part of an alumni, you're part of a community, you're part of an institution, and that institution is obligated not to just produce academicians. They're obligated as well as to make sure these people, mm-hmm. we have trained them and we believe that the training that we have given these youths will be beneficial to the community or to the job industry. And through these alumni programs, mm-hmm. that's where they can actually give out opportunities. As I said, the people who, the professors, the lecturers, they are people in the job, in, they are people who have been there in the job industry. Mm-hmm. And they have networks, and they use those networks to give their students opportunities. And, uh, come to think of it, you say that alumni uh, organizations or associations, and I think that's unique to a very few uh, universities because the university where I went to is <laughs> that's, nothing of that sort exists, mm. really. So I think it's a, a challenge for the, the management to look at the student and say, okay, we just don't want to give you what uh, the curriculum says. You know, when you go to class and uh, the lecturer reads notes and disappears. Mm-hmm. I think this calls, the way the same way there's, there's been a change in the curriculum in the primary school and the CBC, yes. competency-based, yeah. I think the same should be applied in universities. So that it's not just, okay, you've graduated, yes. But what do you bring to the table? Yeah, because yeah. these days, when you go to look for a job, they don't. They rarely look at your papers. They really rarely. What can you do? It's what can you offer them? What can you offer them? That's the first question. Even when you go to that interview, they usually ask you simple questions like, "What problems have you solved?" Yeah. And so I think, from an organizational point of view, universities should try to tune their curriculum or their system in a way that gives this kind of information to the students. So that it's not just about the curriculum. Because the same thing we, we I, I, I learned in school is the same thing somebody learned in 2007. And you know, it's a changing world. We live in a changing world. Technology is changing everything. So I feel like universities mostly should uh, adapt to the changing times and use those changes to, you know, uh, guide their curriculum so that when students get out here, they're up to date. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I want to give you an example. Mm-hmm. Right now, 
in the IR department of your university, they're doing project-based learning. Mm-hmm. Project-based mm-hmm. learning, they give you the course outline. Okay. They give you the reference books. Mm-hmm. They teach you, they give you like basics. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the semester, they expect a whole project paper mm-hmm. pertaining a certain issue according to the curriculum that they, um, they have set. Okay. So, I think when universities shift to such such types of learning, mm-hmm. where it's project-based, where, for example, I'm doing uh, business administration in finance, mm-hmm. there are a lot of cases, a lot of issues about finance, investment banking, um, corporate, uh, corporate finance. If they just take... Because, for example, when you get to like a unit like corporate finance, mm-hmm. if you just take a case and structure it according to the curriculum okay. and expect a paper with a solution, mm-hmm. problem statement, solution, everything in that paper according to how the curriculum uh, goes, mm-hmm. I think that will make more competent students who are ready for the job industry. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, that is universities. And I feel like your university is already doing the same. <laughs> and I hope others could be able to emulate that and do that. And then uh, now, today we are talking about the value of entrepreneurship. Yes. Trade away a little bit. We deviated a little we deviated bit. deviated, not a little bit, quite a lot. <laughs> okay. So what are we saying in a nutshell? Entrepreneurship. Is it something we should consider? It's something that should be considered by most of the companies out here. Because mm-hmm. um, today's youths, they're very creative. They look for value rather than just being in a job. Mm-hmm. They look for value. They want to be listened to. Okay. That brings the issues of loyalty. Because you told, uh, is it the Z generation or the X generation? Mm-hmm. They're not loyal. Yeah. Why? You see, that brings the challenge of like, when you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and come up with an idea, mm-hmm. why doesn't the company like give you 5% mm-hmm. of the total value of the project for you to have ownership and mm-hmm. feel that you own this? Mm-hmm. And that's where the loyalty will come from. So you feel like organizations should move towards giving that uh, a sense of appreciation to yes. entrepreneurs? A reward system. A reward system. Because if, mm-hmm. if I have an idea, mm-hmm. then the company goes ahead and makes... Like 50, let's just say 50 million Kenya shillings a year out of that product. And the idea was originally mine. Mm -hmm. Even if all the resources that I've been given is is from the company, I myself will feel like, like, why should I stay here? Should I stay here? Yeah, and then there's another company out there poaching you, Mm -hmm. saying they're going to give you this, they're going to give you this, and they're going to give you this. Okay, that is from an organization point of view. Yeah. What from a student's point of view, not a student, a young person's point of view, what should they do? So you're saying organizations should put in place a reward system and yeah. be able to you know, attract these brilliant minds. Exactly. What about the young chaps? What should they do? The young chaps? Uh, what should they do? What should, you know, to, to, to be able to venture into entrepreneurship in a way that will be successful in the long run. The challenge is come back to the company. <laughs> Still to the company. Yeah, because you cannot be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. if you're not hired. I think uh, as well as, as much as organizations also play a role in it, I think young chaps should strive to come up with ideas that solve a problem. True. And the problems are always there. You know, we live in a changing world and every day something, a problem uh, arises. Yeah. So I think should young people should 
major on solving these problems, coming up with solutions. If you go with that solution to Safaricom, let's say also what kind of problem has Safaricom experiencing at the moment. Recently, there is, you know, when you leave Pana and Pesa, it gives details on the other hand, saying some so painful. Yeah. And they've been trying to do away with that so that it doesn't show the details of who is paying or something like that. Mm. So if you were a young person and you went to this kind of idea to Safaricom, I think we'll be able to take you in. Um, that's from my point. Okay, okay. Don't worry about anything. Because <laughs> that's a solution that can easily be solved. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. it can easily be solved. Not every, not every idea or solution is authentic or carries the the weight. Mm-hmm. You get me? Yes. That's why you'll find um, some some ideas are put aside. They're shelved. Mm-hmm. They're being told this is not for now mm-hmm. or this is not applicable to this type yeah. of thing. So whenever you come up with a solution or idea pertaining to a company, it has to create value. Mm-hmm. It has to be authentic. It has to be workable. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of aspects that these top level managers, they're trying to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to stop you right there. That's what I, I wanted to pass across. And you did it yourself. Yeah. It has to be workable. It has to bring value. Mm-hmm. So these young people, you're going, why they ask you what you want, you will do for the organization. Your idea has to uh, bring value to the organization because at the end of the day these organizations are in business yeah they have to make money yeah does it bring value has to bring value has to be workable as well workable yeah okay so i think that sums it up um we are talking about entrepreneurship or you said it's different from entrepreneurship yeah. in the sense that an entrepreneur is more of an employee but he is uh, given the freedom to innovate within the confines of the organization. True. And it can be a useful path for uh, people who want to venture into entrepreneurship later. Yeah. They can use this uh, opportunity to grow and be able to, you know, uh, you know get out of now the employment quote-unquote yeah. and start their own venture. True. That's what you've said, right? That's what I've said. Okay, so uh, that's uh, it. We've been talking about entrepreneurship with an I. I want you to listen to it. Tell us what you think. Are there any loopholes? Any something we left out? Something that was vague? Something that you think was not uh, stated correctly? Then maybe you can be able to revisit it uh, sometime soon by commenting on the comment section on SoundCloud. You can leave a comment. But I think the best way to do so would be uh, on social media. Uh, my my Twitter handle is underscore Anakea. Whenever I post uh, an episode, I do it on my uh, social media. So, you know, you can leave a comment. Tell me what you think. You know, I, it's, it's, it's beneficial if it's um, not just coming from me and Anthony. We want to hear your point of view. Uh, then we'll be able to respond uh, as well. So, my under, my Twitter handle is underscore Anikea. Uh, if you don't have a Twitter handle yet, you can comment on the comment section. I think SoundCloud has a comment section. Better still, you can send me an email, shoot me an email, info at, uh, not info, anikea at ironkenya.com, anikea is A-N-E-K-E-A at ironkenya.com. Yeah, send me an email, tell me, okay, I listen to your podcast, and this is what I think. Okay, and then I'll be able to respond. Maybe, Anthony, you can tell me your Twitter handle, your Twitter, I guess. Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Anthony Much one. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. you could spell, out, spell it out for them. Yeah, um... At Anthony, Anthony with the T H and Much M U C H one. Okay, 
So uh, that's all we had lined up for you. Entrepreneurship. Uh, tell me what you think. And I'm looking forward to li- reading your comments. Please, 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 let's interact. Don't just listen and disappear. Because sometimes I go and find 60 people have listened, but there are no comments. Really, what did you think about it? 60 people are so many people. I need at least five of you to tell me, okay, this is what I think. Alright? So, okay, uh, it's, I guess it's goodbye for now. See you again next time. Same time, same place. Hello, um, it's Anthony again here. Um, I just want to have to say a few words. Yeah, I'll be traveling to Nanyuki tomorrow. Yeah, um, I'm actually going for an expo. It will be a dream, uh, Dreams Youth Expo at uh, Nanyuki Cedar Mall, um, sponsored by a lot of uh, companies within the Laikipi region. But the main sponsors are the Youth in Business Kenya as well as the Kenya National Chambers of Commerce. Um, as part of the university programs as well, um, I'm the Halt Prize Director at Ria University, and this is one of the largest social enterprise competition in the world, with over a thousand, a thousand universities which are gonna be involved, as well as Kenya. Kenya, we have more than 100 universities, uh, if I'm not wrong, 70 to 100. And this year's um, theme is taking people back to work. That's this year's challenge. So um, you can view all the social media handles for Halt Prize as well as Real University Halt Prize, Halt Prize social media uh, handles um, at um, Halt Prize Riara, at Instagram, Facebook at Halt Prize Riara, and as well as. Yeah, the website. You can find us um, at www.riauniversity.ac.ke at the business section. Thank you.